Hey, it's Nathan, and this is day 72 of the Bible in 90 Days, and we're in the book of Matthew, chapters 16 through 26. Chapter 16 tells of the religious leaders again demanding a sign, which Jesus rebuked, ending with, A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Then, while crossing the lake, Jesus warned his disciples, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Though the saying initially puzzled the disciples, they finally came to understand that Jesus was referring to the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Next, we find Jesus in a conversation with his disciples about his identity, Peter declaring, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. After this, Matthew records, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life, to which Peter protests and is rebuked. Jesus then warns the disciples to take life seriously. The Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what they have done. Chapter 17 records what's termed the Transfiguration, an important moment in Jesus' ministry when, on a mountaintop and accompanied by just three disciples, Peter, James, and John, Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Coming down from the mountain, they found a crowd and a man with a son who was suffering greatly. The disciples who'd stayed in the valley had not been able to help because of their little faith. Jesus then delivered the boy. In this chapter, Jesus also predicted his death a second time. The last verses of the chapter find Peter getting himself into a bit of a pinch by declaring that Jesus would pay the temple tax. Jesus helped him out, however, with a miracle. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Chapter 18, by the way, a chapter well worth reading, begins with Jesus declaring, Truly I tell you, Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Then warning against causing such a little one to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Jesus then tells a parable of a lost sheep for whom the shepherd searched diligently until finding it. Next, we find Jesus instructing his disciples how to deal with a brother or sister who sins. Point out their fault, just between the two of you. If this doesn't work, however, additional steps were laid out for addressing the sin. The rest of the chapter records a powerful parable told in response to Peter's question. Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, 
but 77 times. The parable that Jesus then told to impress his point was of an unforgiving servant. Chapter 19 begins with Jesus in an argument with the religious leaders over divorce. His response included this fascinating note. Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. The rest of the chapter records an encounter between Jesus and a wealthy young man who approached Jesus with a question. Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Later in the exchange, Jesus replied to his disciples' astonished question, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. The chapter ends, Many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Chapter 20 begins with the parable of workers in a vineyard. In the parable, Workers are hired at several different times during the day, some for just the last hour. But each one of them also received a denarius. In response to those who'd worked the whole day, the landowner replied, in part, Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? And Jesus concluded, So the last will be first, and the first will be last. In the chapter, Jesus also predicted his death a third time. This is followed by the mother of two brothers, James and John, requesting a special favor from Jesus. Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. While Jesus could not grant this request, it stirred up an intense argument among the disciples, which Jesus addressed. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The chapter ends with two blind men being healed. Chapter 21 begins Jesus' Passion Week, with Jesus entering Jerusalem on the colt of a donkey, as the large crowd proclaimed, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. He then entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. Then the blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. While the children shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Early the next morning, Jesus passed a fruitless fig tree, cursing it. May you never bear fruit again. To the disciples' great surprise, immediately the tree withered. Jesus then encouraged the disciples, If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. This is followed by an argument between the religious leaders and Jesus over his authority, during which Jesus told two parables, one a story of two sons and the other a parable of a vineyard 
placed under tenants who ultimately killed the owner's son. After this second parable, Jesus declared, Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. The religious leaders were furious and looked for a way to arrest him. Chapter 22 begins with a parable about a great wedding banquet to which the honored guests refused to come and another guest tried to attend without a wedding garment. There's a brief section recording an argument over whether or not the imperial tax should be paid. Jesus concluded, Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. This is followed by an argument over marriage and resurrection between Jesus and the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. They asked Jesus, Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The chapter ends with a discussion about the Messiah's identity. Chapter 23 is an extended, pointed rebuke of the religious leader's rampant hypocrisy. It begins with these words. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Chapter 24, by the way, a chapter well worth reading, is Jesus' answer to the disciples' puzzled question. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? The destruction of Jerusalem. And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? I'll simply include two references from the chapter. First, this reference to the return of Jesus. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And these, near the chapter's end, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Chapter 25, by the way, a chapter well worth reading, begins with two parables related to the end of the world. The first of ten virgins awaiting the arrival of the bridegroom. The point of the parable, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. The second, of servants entrusted with great wealth and later called to account for their management of it. Jesus makes this declaration near the end. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This chapter ends with a parable introduced by Jesus with these words. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. The sheep 
are those who have ministered to the hurting and forgotten. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. The goats are those who, though filled with great religious certainty, have neglected the hurting and forgotten. The parable concludes simply, Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Chapter 26, by the way, another chapter well worth reading, begins with Jesus declaring, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then, while Jesus was at a party in Bethany, he was anointed by a woman with very expensive perfume. This draws a strong rebuke, to which Jesus replied, in part, When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Judas then leaves the dinner to make arrangements to betray Jesus and received 30 pieces of silver for the deed. We then find ourselves at the Last Supper where, during the meal, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Sometime later, Jesus predicts that Peter will deny him. Peter vehemently protests, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. We then follow Jesus to Gethsemane, where he declares, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He then pleads with his father for deliverance, while also willing to accept the cup. Yet not as I will, but as you will. During this ordeal, the disciples sleep instead of pray with him. As he is praying, Judas and the mob arrive to arrest him. In the process, one of Jesus' disciples cuts off the ear of the high priest's servant, which Jesus heals. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Jesus then appears before the Sanhedrin, where false accusations are made, and the high priest demands he incriminate himself by responding to the charge. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. This examination concludes with a solemn declaration. He is worthy of death followed by hitting, spitting, and slapping. The final act in the chapter is Peter's denial, a public, definitive disowning of Jesus, after which he remembered the word Jesus had spoken, Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. And that's all for today.